going to talk about a case out of New York you may have been following where a homeless man was acting in a volatile manner, was subdued by a former Marine and ended up dying. He Now the uh, Marine is being charged with manslaughter. I want to talk to one of the best uh, criminal defense attorneys in the city of Chicago and a friend, Damon Sharonis. He's the founder of Sharonis, Parente, and Levitt. He's a fierce advocate for people charged with federal, white-collar, violent crimes, drug and sex crimes. He represented a film mogul, Harvey Weinstein, in a sexual assault case in New York, and he represented a defendant in the high-profile mob secrets trial. Damon, welcome to the show. Hey, Karen. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. You know, and thank you for joining us on Mother's Day. I know your wife, your beautiful wife, Annie, um, was was probably not thrilled with you taking this call. But Annie, thank you and happy Mother's Day to you. Um, I've already made four. I've already made four meals today. So oh, we're, we're ready to go. Okay, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. So I'm going to yeah. set this up for people who may not be familiar with this case. And I do want to warn too that we don't know everything about this case. We have seen videos. There's one that has gone viral, but we don't have all of the information on what preceded uh, what we have seen. So the facts we know so far is that Neely, um, his name is Jordan Neely. He was a man who had a significant mental health issues over the years. He was on a crowded subway train in New York. He was shouting at passengers and he in a clip that went viral, he you can be seen, there's a, a tall man who's a former Marine um, and his name is Penny. He can, you, can be, you can see him. He takes the guy in a chokehold while other passengers assist him in restraining the guy. He's on the ground restrains him for minutes. I don't know if it's two and a half, three minutes. Neely at some point becomes uh, unconscious and at the hospital he's pronounced dead and it was declared a homicide due to uh, pressure on his neck. It turns out that Neely you know, had his issues. He had many arrests in the past uh, and now this Marine is being charged with second degree uh, manslaughter. So Let's start with the initial decision by the Marine, Mr. Penny, to restrain Neely. Was, if from what you have seen, what would entitle him to be able to put somebody in a chokehold in a situation like this? Well, I think you sort of hit the nail on the head when you said we don't know everything, right? Because the video starts after uh, the contact has already been made. So in order to, you know, it's a self-defense situation or defense of others. So what, what we need to look at or what a jury will have to look at at some point, is to determine whether uh, Penny's actions were reasonable, whether they were justified, right? Those are the words, the sort of the buzzwords. And, you know, that can only be sort of determined based on what occurred before the chokehold was put on. Now, that doesn't answer all the questions, but for the initial contact, was there a threat? Was his response reasonable? Those types of questions are what need to be developed by the defense. Okay, so Damon, let's just take different gradations here, because this is, you know... Let's just say that 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 Neely was wielding a knife, okay, and he's walking around saying, "I'm going to kill people, and I got a knife." Now, taking this guy in a chokehold would be justified, probably, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I think first of all, the more serious the threat um, by Neely, the 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 more serious sort of the response. But that doesn't, you know, answer. You know, that's not the only question that needs to be answered. One of the things that sort of comes into play in self-defense is at some point, does the self-defense go overboard, right? Once the threat has been stopped, can you continue to sort of, in this case, maybe apply pressure or do things like that? So certainly if he was walking around with a knife, um, you know, uh, Penny would have been within his right to attempt to subdue him. 
so, the question is now does the chokehold become right. you know uh, a long chokehold like that does that sort of uh you know go overboard right and so let me go back to the initial contact because to me that's like the first order business and you know we've all i don't know uh i take the public transportation and i have seen homeless people on the street and on the subway and the l and we call it the l here in chicago uh and you know and you know, you see a lot of people who you look at them and you go, "Whoa!" like, I want to get away from that guy because he looks really dangerous. He's acting crazy, like he could hurt me. But if he doesn't threaten me, and he's just acting goofy and volatile, and, uh, you know, is that a reason to take someone in a chokehold? Is that something? Is that a reasonable thing? And I suppose that you're going to answer, Damon, that that's a question for the jury to answer, right? It, it, it is, but I will say this, you know, and we've all been in situations, whether it's on a subway or, or somewhere else where we've seen individuals, maybe with mental health issues or things like that, that, you know, we don't want to be around. And it's not really, you know, their fault that they're going through these these issues, but we want to protect ourselves. I mean, I think the answer is on, a, on sort of the spectrum. The more serious and the more dangerous the individual is acting, you know, and remember, we're, we're on a subway, we're in a confined space. It doesn't seem like there's an easy way to get out. So the more sort of dangerous somebody is acting, the more, you know, reasonable it is to take some sort of action. But again, you know, if he's not threatening anybody and, you know, what's going to be really interesting is to see what the other people on the subway said. Right. right? That's going to right. be very interesting because I know a couple other individuals helped restrain him. So that sort of as a defense attorney, I'm thinking, well, you know, it wasn't just Penny who decided that they needed to sort of step in. And if you have a number of individuals on the subway who are saying, we felt like we were in danger, we felt like we were threatened, and we felt somebody needed to take action, that could help a jury sort of come around to a defense theory that this wasn't just, you know, a vigilante who who attacked uh, a helpless homeless man, right? So those are going to be really fact-specific questions that need to be developed in the defense, and I'm sure they've already been developed by the prosecution and, and witnesses have been interviewed. Um, but there's really no, you know, black and white answer to it. It's It's such a a moving fluid situation. And again, the jury is going to be asked, was this reasonable? Was this justified or was this conduct reckless? You know, this is not an intentional murder. I don't think anybody would claim that Penny intended to kill Neely. You know, it was reckless and that's a lower standard. Um, but, uh, you know, still a, a significant penalties if he's convicted. And, and again, what you said before, too, is at some point when he was subdued, do you just back off? And did he did Penny go too far by keeping that chokehold on him longer than he needed to? Um, quickly, yeah. I just a couple things. Everyone's talking about Penny's military service. And I kind of see that as cutting both ways in that he seems like, you know, a good guy. Maybe he was really trying to protect other people. And in that part of him was was a good thing. But also, he, he must have known about chokeholds. And he must have known how dangerous they were. So how do you think this is going to play out for him? Is this a good fact or a bad fact? You know, I think, you you know, you, again, you're, you're you're pretty clear on the issues here. I think it's you know, jurors oftentimes, uh, and it depends on the juror, you know, they, they respect the military. Some don't, but a lot of them do. He's trained how to use his hands as deadly weapons. I mean, that's Marines go through very rigorous training. So we have somebody, again, and we saw it in the George Floyd case, right? This isn't the same thing. I don't want to pretend that these are completely similar, but there a police officer was trained on how to use a chokehold. He knows that that can be considered a deadly maneuver. And I'm sure if Penny is being cross-examined by a prosecutor, he's going to be brought through his training. He's going to be brought through the fact that you were trained how to kill people if you were in hand-to-hand combat. 
And one of the ways you were trained to do that is probably by choking them out. And those are things that, you know, he's going to have to be ready for to answer. And I'm sure he's got good lawyers and, and they will prepare him on that. But no, he's been trained how to use those those holds and, and they can have these types of consequences. Very interesting case, and everyone has an opinion on it. But again, let's wait until we see what the facts were preceding uh, what went down. And I think we're going to have a a different conversation if the facts are a little different. Damon Sharonis, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? The best way is just, you know, look me up on my website. It's www.sharonislaw.com. That's a link to my email address and and all my uh, phone numbers. And his name will be on the WGN website. We're going to podcast this segment. Damon, thank you so much, and uh, have a good rest of your day. You too, Karen. Take care.